Hi, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, there is a disconnect between what Google's capabilities are on the data center side and the cloud side and what it wants to try to achieve when it is tightly integrated with the operating system. That's after these headlines. Amazon has rolled out India's first celebrity voice feature on Alexa with the country's best-known movie star Amitabh Bachchan. India's customers can choose to add Amitabh Bachchan's voice to their Alexa voice assistant on Echo devices or by pressing the mic icon on the Amazon shopping app Android only for an introductory price of 149 rupees for one year, the company said in a press release yesterday. Just say, Alexa, introduce me to Amitabh Bachchan to start the purchase and interact with Bachchan's voice using the wake word Amit Ji. The price doubles from the second year. The celebrity experience features content handpicked by Bachchan, including stories from his life, a selection of poems by his father, tongue twisters, motivational quotes and more. In addition, customers can also ask for music, set alarms and get weather updates in Bachchan's signature style. The company had rolled out the voice of Samuel L. Jackson on Alexa in the US in 2019. In more Amazon news, the company plans to open several large physical retail stores in the US that will be like department stores, Wall Street Journal reports. Amazon, whose online sales business led to many physical retail businesses to shut shop, will now use its own physical stores to expand its sales of clothing, household items, electronics and other categories according to the journal. The first stores are set to come up in Ohio and California. Meanwhile, back in India, Samsung has signed Bollywood actor Alia Bhatt as the face of its new Galaxy Z series of foldable smartphones. Samsung will bring its ultra-premium Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G and Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G smartphones to India from September 10 with prices starting at about 85,000 rupees. Pre-bookings for the devices will open on August 24th. The US Federal Trade Commission, the country's competition authority, took Facebook to court again, beefing up its accusations that the social networking behemoth was a monopoly that illegally crushed competition, New York Times reports. The new lawsuit is an attempt to overcome the skepticism of a federal judge who threw out the FTC's original case two months ago. The suit submitted yesterday contains the same overall arguments as the original, saying that Facebook's acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp were made to consolidate its monopoly in social networking and arguing that Facebook should be broken up. But the updated suit is nearly twice as long and includes more facts and analysis that the agency says better support the government's allegations, according to the Times. In more Facebook news, the company yesterday launched what it calls an open beta version of a new virtual reality app with which users of the company's Oculus Quest 2 headsets can hold meetings as avatar versions of themselves. This is another step in Facebook's efforts to expand its presence in what is popularly called the Metaverse. As to Google, it simply paid phone companies to do things its way. Newly unredacted sections of Epic's 
antitrust complaint against Google show that starting in 2019, Google ran a premier device program that gave Android phone makers a greater share of search revenue than they would normally receive, The Verge reports. In exchange, the original equipment makers agreed to ship their devices without any third-party app stores pre-installed. Specifically, they followed a rule that prohibited apps with APK install privileges without Google's approval, leaving the Play Store as the only built-in digital marketplace for software, according to The Verge. Microsoft is announcing its first price increase for its Office 365 and Microsoft 365 services in 10 years. The price increases will affect commercial and business users of Microsoft's software as a service starting next year, with no changes to pricing for education or consumers. The updated pricings will go into effect on March 1, 2022 and includes Microsoft 365 Business Basic going from $5 to $6 per user and Microsoft 365 Business Premium going from $20 to $22 per user. We have more on Google today, which earlier this month announced that starting with Pixel 6, its flagship phones will have a new processor called Tensor designed to bring more AI features to the consumer. As many of you will know, Google got into the smartphone market 10 years ago by buying Motorola, but then sold it to Lenovo. Over the last five years, it has been designing its own phones under the Pixel brand. I spoke to Neil Shah, a vice president at CounterPoint Research, to understand where this might all be headed. Here's how our conversation went. Neil, uh, welcome back to this podcast. Uh, thank you for making time. Uh, we, I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, ask you about your views on Google's uh, smartphone strategy, because they've recently talked about uh, a new chip, uh, uh, an AI-oriented, uh, AI-focused uh, chip, and uh, also, of course, the Pixel 5a has come out in the interim. Uh, allow me to sort of very quickly recap what I have in mind. I mean, Google. Uh, they once had Motorola, I mean, back, I think, 10 years ago, they acquired it for $12.5 billion. And then less than three years later, they sold it off uh, to Lenovo for one-fourth the price. And then uh, uh, I think around five years back, they got back in uh, designing phones and uh, uh, selling them under the Pixel brand name. Uh, so uh, what's your take? Explain to us why Google got into the smartphones, then got out, and then they've gotten back in over the last uh, several years? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. And thanks for having me back onto the podcast. Uh, always great to discuss and great questions and great discussion. So with respect to Google, uh, so if you look at the smartphone industry, uh, obviously Google has a great business model in terms of advertisement where it can obviously recoup a uh, lot of uh, dollars per year per user. Uh, of its ecosystem, which is now three point almost more than three point one billion strong, uh, in terms of Android user base. Uh, but however, if you look at uh, uh, its co biggest competitor, which is Apple, uh, it also has a significant user base, which is close to a billion in terms of iOS devices, uh, uh, more than a billion, I would say. And uh, the revenue per user for Apple is way higher than what Google generates, right? Uh, and that is where uh, if Google looks at Apple's strategy, it's more of a vertical strategy 
where it can control the entire experience uh, from chipset to uh, software to application to the cloud, right? Uh, whereas Google has good control from application to soft software OS to cloud, but it does not have very good control over the hardware and chipset. And that is where you might have seen over the years, uh, since Google is more of an open platform, uh, players such as Samsung, uh, the emerging Chinese brand like Xiaomi, everyone has forked the Android, added a skin on top of Google's uh, Android ecosystem, Android platform. And uh, they've uh, actually bypassed some of the uh, revenue opportunities for Google uh, in terms of advertisement or developer partnership or even cloud. For example, Samsung's partnership with Microsoft to bring in uh, the entire Microsoft cloud from productivity point of view. Whereas Google is always trying hard to get into productivity space with Google Docs and Google Workspace and so forth, right? So uh, that is where Google fills the pinch that it does not have that much control over the hardware as well as the chipset to optimize the software and have a very tight user experience uh, and bring newer capabilities like artificial intelligence, machine learning to the hardware. Uh, and that is where Google sees uh, if they can at least have some slice of at least the premium users uh, who could use a very vertical, uh, full stack controlled phone or device, right from chipset to hardware, to software, to applications, to cloud and services uh, run by Google, they'll get an optimum Google experience. And at the same time for Google, they can have access to the user, uh, complete access uh, compared to uh, fragmented access, which they have right now with respect to Samsung hardware or uh, Xiaomi hardware, right? And they can't cross sell much of the services. And that is why Google uh, had this ambition that if they want to do that well and understand more about their users, which becomes more lucrative for their uh, end customers, which are the marketers who are paying top dollar for the advertisements, right, to Google, they will pay even more because now Google knows even more about you because uh, the users are not going anywhere away to uh, Apple ecosystem because the overall pixel experience which they want to give is going to be very tightly integrated, very advanced compared to what Samsung or Xiaomi might give. Because if you look at Xiaomi and Samsung flagships are normally a generation behind Android's flagship uh, or Android's uh, latest operating system version. And in terms of pure market share, the Pixel phones are pretty niche, aren't they? What is, the, uh, what is their market share according to CounterPoint's estimates? Yeah, Pixel's market share is minuscule uh, because it's again comes down to, uh, it's minuscule is almost like 0.3% at the end of Q1. Uh, maybe at the end of Q2, it might bump up to a little bit 0.4, 0.5% uh, since LG's exit in US market has given some uh, ground uh, for Google to expand in prepaid market. Uh, but other than that, uh, if you look at the Google's reach is quite uh, minimal compared to likes of Samsung, Apple, who have uh, operations and selling phones in like more than 150, 190 countries, whereas Google is selling uh, Pixel phones in a handful of countries and a handful of channels, right? So obviously it's a business model issue, as I said, for Google, because it is more of an ecosystem and partner-driven business model. And if it tries to become more vertical like Apple, it obviously upsets uh, its uh, partners, which are driving so, uh, so much volume, right, in, uh, uh, for the Android ecosystem. And now starting with uh, the Pixel 6, Google has said it will have its own uh, chip called uh, Tensor. 
what's the significance of this yeah so again comes back to that point of google controlling the entire stack from chipset to cloud and chipset was one area where google uh, did not have any control over to optimize experience and bring in newer capabilities like machine learning algorithms which directly connects to the google cloud uh, right now uh, also if you look at the solutions from qualcomm uh, and everyone else uh, they are very good in terms of ai capabilities right but there is a disconnect between what google's capabilities are on the data center side and the cloud side and what it wants to try to achieve when it is tightly integrated with the operating system all the machine learning algorithms ai algorithms not all device vendors are ready to put it on the device and not all the devices vendors need, want to add a extra ml ai chip right uh, with in terms of bill of materials because they can't control the entire experience because google is going to control because algorithms are going to be from google so that is why it wants to have more control over the chipset side of things where it can control the entire experience like how apple is trying to do with its uh, a series processors uh, on its iphones and and it runs buttery smooth right so and with uh, google trying to bring ai and ml capabilities which which it has already developed on tensor based chipsets uh, in the data centers and also some of the edge devices which it called tpu edge htpu which is tensor processing unit uh, uh, it wants to bring in the same uh sort of capabilities to the other endpoint which is a smartphone and eventually to other devices as well but right now what we are seeing it will it is based on uh samsung's exynos uh chipset uh it's not purely completely designed by uh google ground up like how apple has done it it's more of a, a rebadge of samsung's uh, exynos uh chipset uh 5 nanometer uh, last generation chipset and they have just removed some components and added their own machine learning and ai blocks uh, which will help them optimize uh, their algorithms to be run uh, smoothly on the device and give new experiences uh, on their pixel phones hmm so to explain the significance of this device plus cloud capability of google uh, better delivered through a sort of google customized samsung chip uh, what is the significance what does google get in return yeah so google gets in return is a very uh, tight experience which it can offer to uh, its uh, to android users uh, uh, and also if you look at google has uh, tons of data it collects from all these billions of users so it has a very strong uh, ai uh, capability in terms of uh, understanding the patterns from the images or based on a personalized profile of a user because you it collects uh, the telemetry data 24/7 right from your android phone and, and exactly understands what you're going to do next on what particular time it can give recommendations which are machine learning based so it will have a trained algorithms for a specific android user in its cloud and then what it will do is okay uh, that and ai algorithm it will push in terms of machine learning algorithm onto the device which will give you uh, good rec- recommendations or you can app uh, like quick suggestions in terms of application or in terms of your uh, voice assistant experience or search experience uh, even within app what usage how, how much you use but if you are a gamer then it will optimize the uh they know that you are going to play this particular game at this particular time they'll optimize the bandwidth they'll optimize if it's a cloud gaming it will they'll optimize the bandwidth if it is 
on device gaming it will optimize the power consumption so it basically more intelligent experiences for its users which is not possible with a uh, chip from uh, uh, means it is possible but not to that extent uh, like it if it would be uh, in a with google's own chip own software own application and own machine learning algorithm Hmm. You, you referred to uh, this comparison with Apple earlier on uh, today uh, in our conversation. So, and in your recent analysis after the Tensor chip was announced, you talk about two scenarios: uh, one which is more Apple-like in terms of vertical integration, and the other in which you you call it uh, uh, remaining Google. Uh, take us through these two scenarios. Yeah. So, uh, so. Google has uh, put the stake in the ground and uh, has taken the first step to build its at least the custom chip at this point. Maybe eventually it will invest more in R and D and build a com- complete ground up chip like it has done for the data centers. So uh, with that vertical integration, where you own, as I said, everything from chip to cloud, you you can become someone like Apple, have your own ambitions to uh, sell more and more devices, more and more hardware. and uh, have more access to user data complete access to user data than uh, partner with samsung or xiaomi and getting partial data and partial services you can cross sell uh, which is not that attractive from arco perspective in long run for uh, investors as well as for marketers so if you become more like apple obviously uh, you know there is there are, it's a duopoly it's apple or google and if google also takes lion share of the smartphone market the non apple market uh then it's great for investors because investors know it's becoming a monopoly investors love monopoly when they can bet money and they can forget about it and it will yield good returns so uh uh similar with apple stock right so that is how where app sam uh, uh google can go uh, vertical like apple and increase its reach uh but in the process it will obviously have to change its business model a little bit because it cannot be a ecosystem or partner driven where it gives the android uh platform to samsung to uh xiaomi and everyone else it will become more and more locked like how ios is and that is where you'll see uh more of uh google have to invest a lot in channels promotions hardware uh distribution certifications across carriers uh own chip development right uh and uh it will have to rely on some partners where it has gaps or it has to acquire more companies to fill up the gaps like how apple has done over the years so that is first approach uh it's it's a difficult part but it is uh more lucrative for investors point of view and for google point of view as well uh if it takes that approach but it's also difficult where you will burn a lot of bridges second is uh, you just stay google where you become more of you are more of horizontal player where you are like now right now you are horizontally giving your platform to everyone it's more of ecosystem approach uh so maybe you use pixel as a showcase device where this is what you can achieve industry uh if you use our my google's processor uh google's special ml ai processor so maybe for some experiences where you want uh, to give your users more advanced google experiences and you don't have your own services or so just partner with us we will license you the chipset will license you the software will license you the algorithms and uh and also and and that is how you can use the same template to your phones and sell it to your consumers uh, and give them more advanced experience and uh, latest experience compared to other brands which are adding a skin on top of it 
and they are a generation behind and not giving the entire Google uh, goodies to the consumers. So that is actually where it starts licensing. It's a technology like it's right now doing uh, indirectly its platform. So that is something where Google stays Google and becomes more of a horizontal player because it has all these capabilities, AI, ML, software, cloud, uh, and these are all horizontal uh, capabilities, right? So, uh, and it is more lucrative from Google's existing business model for uh, Google uh, in terms of not burning many bridges, but it already has existing partner ecosystem, so it has to sell additionally. So, uh, and uh, as it sells more and more chipset solutions, software and algorithms, most of those brands and users are locked into and Google uh, indirectly offers its own vanilla experience, which it was going to offer via Pixel to other devices, to uh, through other OEMs. So it's again a win-win. But again, it's uh, you won't be able to capture still more value like how Apple does because Apple sells only premium product. Whereas with horizontal approach, you will mostly sell uh, to your partners via your partners. So average revenue per user might increase. Uh, but not significantly like Apple. Hmm. Uh, what is your own sense of uh, which way Google, Google will go in the in the longer term? I mean, to me, the way you explained it, it looks like it is certainly easier, uh, like you said, to use Pixel to showcase and market its AI and ML features, which will in turn, you know, further burnish Google's image as a tech leader. And Pixel could remain a niche device, but the underlying technology, like you said, could potentially become much more widespread through partnerships. But what is your sense of uh, uh, which way Google might uh, go in the long term? I think it's about Google's vision and considering looking at their existing business model, it's very difficult to pivot to a very vertical model. Uh, so it, there could be obviously looking at Apple, every executive might think, oh, if I can make Google into something like Apple more, uh, to for three three billion plus users, I'll earn more money. But it's in the process. You'll have to burn a lot of bridges, and it's not going to be easy. So my guess is uh, it will remain horizontal because again, building a chip is not uh, easy, and just building a processor is still okay. But the major part for smartphones is the connectivity piece, right? Which is very difficult. The modem part. So as we go from 4G to 5G, 5G to 6G, it, for the next decade, it's going to be very difficult uh, unless you have intellectual property like Qualcomm has or maybe Samsung has to build its own uh, 5G modem, right? Uh, integrated into the chipsets. So that is where we have seen like uh, with every generation from 3G, uh, 2G to 3G. Uh, and in 3G, there were like 40 different modem vendors in the Nokia days. And then from 3G to 4G, uh, they're hardly uh, less than 10. And then 4G to 5G, now we have just like three or four, which can build 5G chipsets, right? Even Apple is trying to build a 5G modem, but it, it is struggling, right? Intel tried it, exited the market, sold business to Apple. So unless you have a completely integrated solution, including connectivity, it's very difficult to have that complete experience. So processing part is fine. Machine learning part is fine. That can be done by anyone. But the modem part is something which makes smartphone market a very unique market to become more vertical integrated.
Excellent. Uh, we'll leave there, uh, Neil. Uh, thank you so much for your interesting conversation as always with you. Uh, thank you again for making time for this. Yeah, very happy to. Thanks for inviting me. That was Neil Shah. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.